Welcome back to the Making Laughs Podcast. Every end of May, the last week of May, 33 men and women bravely take on the speed and challenges of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Facing death and danger, they strive to achieve the greatest victory in all of motorsports, the Borg Warner Trophy. This Sunday, May 30th, we saw not only history, but we saw speed, bravery, and every challenge in, 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 in Indianapolis, my 500, could throw at a racer. I am not Paul Page. This is not working out. <laughs> yeah. I should have scripted this one a little bit better, but I'm not the lyricist that these other guys really are. Paul God Page, damn it, I love the Indy 500. Paul Page in the Indy 500 intros is what got me into filmmaking and, and making and video editing and everything. Because if you have to look for the truck, those are fantastic. And plus, you have to also watch the movie Delta Force, just because it which was is badass. It was a it was a it was a documentary about Chuck Fort, uh, Chuck Norris. Uh, yeah, was Lee Marvin in that too. Yeah, Lee Marvin was in it too. But it was a documentary about uh, Chuck Norris going to save uh, the. Uh, the Iran contest. Yeah, well, the uh, <laughs> the um was it Iran, Iran the diplomats. Yeah, the, the yeah the diplomats from the Iran Contra conflict. Oh, okay. and that's when Chuck Norris flew in off the plane, uh, leased by, uh, paid for by Ross Perot, and saved everyone. Yeah, because Chuck Norris can kick everyone's ass, even the Contra. Yeah, bro, they made a Nintendo game about this. Look it up. Anyway, all right, yeah. so. With me up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, start. Is that the Infinite Life Code? Yeah, I think maybe too many left, right, left, right, but yeah. No, I think it's two of them. Anyway, in studio with me today is my brother, Jesse Gleason, which he waves. Hi. To the people who can't see. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Are we going to kill this now? Yeah, let's kill it because we got some other stuff to go with here. And uh, not with us because he wanted to spend the day with his girlfriend and i put that in air quotes yeah his girlfriend he's cheating on me is phil jakes who is not here uh he decided that he wanted to go boating or boating whatever you want to call it in florida and turn himself into a tomato and uh we don't think that's what happened did he bring sunscreen uh probably not they probably he probably died um I'm sure, I'm guessing he's since he's not here he's probably alligator food. The legend lives on from the Poor Phil. Rest we'll in peace, Phil. We'll miss you. Yep, we'll miss you because uh, you just had to get on that boat. With the Lord of Iron Ore, 26,000 tons of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Anyway, now that we've been completely demonetized from every channel possible, I mean, what's it been? Two minutes and we're already screwed? Oh, Two minutes, there goes the money. Oh, from, all the money we don't make. From tens of bored people listening. Poor us. Poor. Anyway, I'm over it. Okay, so. We usually start the program off with personal updates, but uh, again, there's nothing going on. I fixed my fire bottle system, and uh, I got bored, and I literally put the car on scales like two and a half weeks early. So it's going to have to go on scales again at some point. Okay, we're done.
Okay. <laughs> That's it. There's a big That's all I had from for birth. Oh, my birthday was on Sunday. We watched the Indy 500, which is the literal best race in all of the world. And there is no question. There is no God. at all. There is no. God, it was yeah. good this year. It's, it's, it's good every year. It's it's I mean, never the Indy 500. This was the 105th running of it. Some years it's, there are total shit shows. It's never lost its some luster, years. Though. Some years there's maybe some dom. I don't know if there's really any domination because I don't know. Not one one guy just doesn't run away and just win this race outright every single Mm -hmm. year. The winner of the race usually at it it comes from uh, not leading actually at lap like twenty, the halfway point or something like that. yeah, Yeah, the halfway point, the leader doesn't usually win. The leader at lap 180 out of 200 doesn't usually win. So we're not talking about dominating. It's always a race where anybody can kind of win if you're good, if you're usually starting in the first several rows, but uh, there's still, it's still a total crapshoot. I mean, they said, so. uh, you want to just go into the Indy 500, or do we want to just note? A few things before that. Oh, uh, we should just go into the Indy 500. We're already talking about it. We're doing it. We might as well. The weather really threw a real crapshoot into it because carb day that was around the Friday before. It was washed all the rubber off the track. It was rain delayed and everything. And hell, Scott Dixon had to practice forty five minutes early. He was forty. He was a mile per hour more over the rest of the field. Yeah, guy was hooked up. Yeah. Okay, and. Everybody else was practicing pit stops and, and everything, and everything seemed to be okay. But when you get into the race, a lot of stuff really didn't come okay. No. Because the one thing that really stood out to me was brakes. Brakes were very strange in this race. Yeah. The- it was very strange. A lot of people having brakes, but most of them were having problems with brakes on pit road. Yeah, getting on the pit road, they would go down and they would hit the pedal. And even no. late in the race, they would lose brake pressure. I think it it's weird. Sorry, Bruins scored to the YouTube audience. Oh, okay, cool. Yay. <laughs> um, but it's weird because it's not like they can't push the brakes back, the brake calipers back on the pit stops. Mm. That would take bleeding or something. <laughs> so you'd take, that would take it a takes lot. a lot more effort than you'd think. So yeah. So I mean, where is the brake pressure going? Is the question. I think it has to do with something to do with heat, something heat related. I mean, these guys it's aren't using weird. the brake out on the racetrack. Yeah, no, they aren't. But there's heat from another source. Yeah, I don't know what it, it is. It wasn't the racetrack because I don't think it was a heat related issue. I think it was just they didn't use the brake so much that the pressure completely bled out of the system. It's just a weird system. I don't know. It's foul vacuum, though. That's just a weird thing. I don't. So, I don't know if it is. I think. I think there was heat from other sources, whether it be maybe exhaust just, or radiator or maybe or tires. Maybe, here's the problem. I have the problem for you. It's right here. They didn't have heat in the brakes. That's why they don't work. These cars are really specialized. They need heat in the brakes in order for them to work. You you watch higher forms of IndyCar racing, or supposed higher forms like Formula One. They just they think they're higher forms. Um, they don't work unless they have heat in them. Yeah. So you get weird brake pedal and, and like these guys, they'll go around on the warm up laps and they'll like ride the brake and put a whole bunch of temperature in the brakes. 
and they got sensors in it and engineers talking to them in their ear and they'll be telling them you need more heat in your brakes you need more heat in your brakes because they're monitoring all this stuff yeah so instead of pumping them on the back straightaway before they go pit some of them were gotta ride them (laughs) a lot of them were Maybe they should just rid them for a while. Ride the brakes for a lap. <laughs> but that comes with the armchair quarterback. So yeah, that's that's know. just us. But I mean, that's, that's just speculation. Who the hell knows? That's a unforeseen phenomenon. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously these guys are going around not using them, and then they don't work. So it's like, well, how do they work? Yeah, that that's first. That was our. It was the fastest Indy 500 in history. It was the fastest qualifying averaged, field in history too. It averaged over 190. Yeah, which oh. is ridiculous. Yep. Hi, buddy. Producer Junior has made his first appearance in Hello. the studio. Uh, anyway. Kick it found this piece and was eating it and didn't just ran away. Oh, my cat was eating something? Oh. oh. I hope it was food. Make sure you tell Mommy, too. Yeah, go tell Mom. Make sure that she's not eating it. Hey, is that food, boy? Now we're parenting on the podcast. We are a genuine program. We really are. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, we had. Uh, so it was the fastest 500 breaking. It was uh, average over 190. There was only two cautions. It was the it was the fastest 500. Like, yeah, average f- ever race. Yeah, because they don't mess around with stuff like stage races and stuff. Now, oh, with dumb shit like stage races and uh, yeah. PJ one. Yeah, no. There you was, mean it's an actual race, and it ends on... It, they don't even do green-white checkers, right? They just end on the advertised distance, right? Yeah, I believe so. Wow, there was two weird, cautions. Two cautions, that's it. And it there was, was great. Um, yeah, there was tons and tons of passing. Oh, there, there was tons. The, the uh, like 35 f- lead changes. I was going to say, it's like 35 was, or 37 lead changes. There were so ridiculous. many passes for position. 35 lead changes, that is incredible. And it's not like it's Talladega, where no, they're side no. by side, you know, one guy's got, got you know, the one groove up in the PJ1 and and down in the bottom and waiting for the tires to heat up. one train goes by the next train. Nope, no pushing, no no. This nothing. is genuine passing with fast race cars. And give and take. Yeah, it was great. Some people even had to lift off. They just let it go or they were like, nope, this is stupid, I'm not doing this. That's right. It was a super, you know what? We did the whole bit at the end of the show, and if nobody heard that, then shame on you if you're listening to this show. You should listen to the whole thing, because (laughs) sometimes we put gold at the end, and you don't know about it. So, (laughs) listen, damn it. Uh, Anyway, uh, no, but we did a great segment on, or Jesse did. Really, I didn't do anything. (laughs) I think I did a little calculations. Um, But we did a, a, a segment on why May 30th, which is my birthday, uh, is the single most deadliest day in Indy 500 in Indianapolis Motor Speedway history. <laughs> and you know something? Like I'm 30% so glad. of all the deaths that have occurred at the racetrack have occurred on or because of my birthday. <laughs> I'm so glad that we actually, we kind of jinxed it because we're that powerful. We did. There was two cautions and only two cars out of the race because of it. That's right. The first one, the first caution, though, was a legitimate kind of wreck on pit road. It was a weird wreck. It was Stefan Wilson, the first one to develop the brake problems. Yeah, he was the one who spearheaded. Oh, you have. I have have audio from the pit crew. Oh, okay. Wilson! 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 Their audio sounds a little watery there. Wilson! Wilson! Guy must have choked on his drink. There's... 
Well, that's how much the race means to you. Well, it's the Indy 500. You know. They must have been hydrating before the pit stop and choked I mean, just drowning bit. in their own tears, really. I'd assume. I mean, he hit hard in the pit wall. It ended his day. Ripped the whole right front off it. No, it's too bad. It, the brakes the the brakes in the rear locked up or something weird happened. It, these cars Well, they had, he had no brake pressure, so when he downshifted, wheel oh, hopped. Oh, it wheel hopped. Oh, okay. That makes more sense to me now. Yep. It makes a lot more sense to yep. me. Yep. Once that happens, bye-bye. Yeah. That sucks. And, and then the other bunch, caution. He's a bunch of guys. Oh, yeah. The other caution. Um, Graham Rahal. He was he had probably the best strategy and was saving the most equipment. They were yeah, like, had, they were performing. The they were performing at a hundred percent. Like they were on it. And the yeah. car was fast. You see, Scott Dixon got taken out and uh He had uh, a problem his with his car. He ran out of gas. Well, he ran he? out of gas and since the pit road's closed, you have to yeah. Wait, wait, wait until it goes open. So him and Alexander Rossi had to wait they couldn't until get their car emergency fired. fuel came in, and they ran out of fuel. And then once that happens, vapor lock. Yep, you can't start the cars because nope. they just don't they don't work when Forget you run it. out of fuel. So it's They're so like a hard. Diesel. <laughs> and it's not like they have a carburetor, so no, you can't really just put the ether in there. Yeah, so they so. were sitting there for like a minute trying to start these cars. Like and you the, lose a lap. It was sad. And once you lose a the lap, there's no lucky dog. There's no nothing. You're dead. You got to make it up the hard way, which later on, Scott Dixon would make up his lap. Yeah, he did. But uh, the point leader was pretty much his, his chances of winning were over right then and there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the wheel took out oh. race, uh, one of the one of the earlier uh, another early race favorite which was Connor Daly who was he led a bunch of laps he yeah. he was the surprise of the race because he started 19th and yeah. before lap 50 he'd already led a bunch of laps yeah like he mowed his way to the front and yeah. he was essentially on the same pit strategy as everybody mm. else so whenever he came down to pit, everybody else was coming to pit. So he was still on the same strategy, even running that hard. Yeah, yeah. He he was probably the best of the Chevys that could save fuel or whatever. But that was, he he's, was the, he's one of the Ed Carpenter cars. Oh, well, Carpenter's cars were really good. They were they were fast, but they sucked up a lot of fuel. The Chevys had a lot of, sucked up a lot of fuel. Yeah, but, but again, he was still on the same pit strategy as everybody else. He, yeah, if, within a couple laps. With how so, the race so, went, okay. with how the race went, he probably wouldn't have had an issue with pit strategy because anybody who tried to make it was like eight laps short at the end. There was nobody right. going to make it. But once you know that tire mean? fell off of Graham Rahal's car, it jumped up and We didn't even up. tell him about that. Yeah, well, if you saw the race, Graham Rahal crashed into the wall because the, the left rear tire was... Left loose. A little bit loose, bad pit stop or whatever, and he crashed into the fence. And, but, um, it, the, and the tire bounced up and hit. Connor Daly right in the nose, and that was the last caution of the day. So they didn't have time to really fix it. Yeah, if he came or down, stay in the lead lap, it's either fix it or lose a lap, and lose, lose a lap or if suck he'd it fixed up. Fixed it. If he'd fixed it, he would have lost every ounce of track position and never made it back up. At the time, he was in the. He would have maybe you lost a lap too. Yeah, and he was in the top twelve as it was, so they just kind of stuck it out. Yeah, and Jesse gave me he Jesse gave me an interesting tidbit of information. Mm-hmm. He said that if Connor Daly had actually won that race, it would have been the first Indiana native to win that event since Wilbur Shaw, nineteen forty. Yep. Yeah, which is really interesting. Yeah, there hasn't he, been an Indiana native since. Mm. You know, not even Tony Stewart. You know, he's come that close. He was very close. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so. and as the race played out, um, <laughs> a distinct pattern started to emerge amongst the people who were going to contend. Like, with 50 to go, uh, you had uh, Potato O'Rourke, or Award, I mean. Potato um, O'Wardo. Potato O'Wardo. Uh, yes. Um, you had, oh, the 10 car, Palau. Yeah, yep. Alex Palau. And you had Elio Castroneves together. Mm-hmm. And they had to make another pit stop. But you, like I said, it was all kind of falling into place. You knew where the pit cycle was going to be. You knew the strategy. Every one of them had to pit. The guys who stayed out tried to make it. But they, again, eight laps short. Nobody was going to make it without making two stops at the end. And all of them came down and pit on, I think, different laps or something. Mm-hmm. But they all eventually made it back together with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think Simon Paginot caught up, and even Ed Jake, Carpenter yeah. caught up. Ed Carpenter had problems at the beginning of the race, and he had to fight all day to get his position back because he started well towards the front. Yeah, he had handling problems. Yeah, he and had some he issue. Just couldn't get enough speed to to catch up to drive to to play with the other three. Yeah, but it was down to those three. Yeah, he was catching quick at Eventually, the end. Eventually, but but. the top three, again, when they started to hit lap traffic right at the end, it favored, because they were swapping the lead. You know, every if it goes green at the end of the Indy 500 and there's cars together, then there's going to be there's going to be a bunch of guys um, who are going to swap the lead a bunch. You know what I mean? What and do I gonna, do, Lord? Oh, Destroy the child. The junior has Corrupt them all. Energy. This is their plan, people. These are demons. Do what you got to do, bud. Okay, bud. Do what you got to do. We'll bring you back to say the end, okay? And anyway, so when you have, again, when you have long green flag runs at the Indy 500. It'll be too loud. It'll be okay. No, the dump won't be too loud, bud. You'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Take the dump for me. Not that kind of dump. Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway, so we've got, uh, where was I? Yeah, again, I said it like three times already. (laughs) But long green flag runs, guys, at the end, they're going to be swapping the lead a lot. And that's exactly what they did. You know, it's basically a showing contest. And I, I tried to PG that up. But again, it's going to be a showing contest because you're going to machismo with the hell out of each other and try to swap the lead and try to get together. And Well, you, well you're you're yeah, kind of testing the waters yeah, here. you're testing each other. Yeah, you got to see what, how, what it's it going to take to pass the guy. It was age and experience against youth and exuberance and, t- and uh, equipment. It was... It was, Pala- it was Palau, which who was really fast. He picked up his first win earlier this year. Yeah. And it was um Potato o- Award. Oh. Awardo, sorry. Um he picked up his first win this year. Yeah. Against What's his face? Dixon? <laughs> no, not Dixon. The guy who won. Oh wait, spoiler alert. Um, he's won the race before, I mean. Oh, Helio? Yes, Helio Castroneves. It was just like his first race this year, or second race this year, I think. So it's like it's hard to remember who's in what, you know? Yeah, yeah. I see the car in my head, but it's not his normal car. And I'm like, who the hell was that again? Yeah. <laughs> but no, they were, again, this was, I've seen Indy 500 play out like this before. Guys swapping the lead at the end, you know, drafting each other going around, passing them again, and then they're just counting laps down, and they're just swapping the lead and swapping the lead. And I'm like, this is going to play right into Elio's favor because I said it with 20 to go. I said he's going to do this a couple times. He's going to swap the lead at least two more times, and then with two to go, he's going to draft him, make his move, and never look back. And that's exactly what happened. 
That's but right. it did get kind of ugly there at the end because Palau got away and there was a lapped car in front of him he could draft off of. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, oh, this a, might change. It was almost a bit extra. Yeah, I was I was like, oh, this Lap traffic might. almost helped Palau, but it almost, but it definitely helped Helio. Yes, the, end. the lap traffic at the end helped Helio because he had a much bigger group of lapped cars in front of him mm-hmm. that were giving him a much bigger toe. Palau could not pull out behind him on not only the back stretch on the final lap, but the front stretch as well. Could not get to him. Plus, uh, Helio was behind, who was it? Like Ryan Hunter Ray or somebody who was a lap down or going a lap down. So he had a car that had speed. Mm-hmm. I think Hunter Ray had had some issue where he might have had an issue where he spun out on pit road or something happened with him. Yeah, he had a... Uh, uh, no, he had a speeding penalty a speeding because he penalty. locked up He locked up. Yeah. But Again, he was another driver. another driver that was in contention to win it. Will there was Power. a lot of guys that were in contention to win it. I mean, Will Power spun out on pit road. Even Will Power didn't. He you know, worked really hard coming back from, up from a 30-second starting position. Roger, stop. Yeah. So, anyway... Yeah. Um, it's. Do we have parents out in the other room that can rein this in? Producer Junior's <laughs> just an interruption. I mean, come on, people. Anyway, um, we love him. Yes. Anyway, um, if, if if you didn't watch the race, then you're not a race fan. I swear to God. I I, I saw people. I saw some asshole post online. They were like, what race was better, the Coke 600 or the Indy 500? Oh, both of them were boring. I'm like, then don't fucking watch, asshole. Where? Like, who the fuck are you? Oh, I swore. God damn it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me I've get been the try- meme. No, I've been Let trying to me. not swear on the YouTube. So What's your profanity? That so would help f- sit out, but oh well. I know. Anyway, if you, if you went anywhere near social media, you'd know that history was made and that Elio Castroneves became the fourth four-time winner of the Indy 500. It yes. was. It was... Pretty damn amazing to watch. It was phenomenal. It's well, when you whenever you watch history being made, it's there's always something special. It's to see a forty six year old man run five hundred miles and still have that kind of energy to not only climb the fence but run down the whole length of the front straightaway, yelling and screaming twice. and waving his arms and stuff <laughs> twice. To see that, and he still had the energy to do that. That kind of adrenaline, yeah. That kind, that is some kind of honest emotion that you just don't see very often. That was a treat to watch. There just, are going to be some dickheads though that are going to say, you know, oh well, if you really look into history, you'll you'll see that his first one was very controversial. His first one uh, was under the old IRL rules, and it was the it was the old kangaroo court one. The kangaroo court one was the one where Paul Tracy had passed him, and then a crash happened, and they threw the yellow light, and they had to go to the video replay to see when, when uh, to see who was going to be in the lead because it was very close. Who was who in the lead when the yellow light came on? And Helio was in the lead, and Paul Tracy just passed him right before the lights came on, but. The uh, uh, Holman said, "No, it's actually when we tell them to throw the switch is mm-hmm. when is when <laughs> so the basically are so so basically the officials made the call. So they said, no, Helio wins the race.' Blah blah blah. Paul Tracy is second. 
Oh, okay. But that well, I mean, that's, that's neither the here nor there. That's a long <laughs> time ago. That's like 1981 I mean, with Bobby Unser. What are you, you, know. you going to do? USAC, IRL, who cares? The officiating stinks. That <laughs> happens. So, <laughs> so it's the officials. You can't blame them. So it's not like he just drove into somebody and t- or, you know knocked him out of the way. Like or not, Helio is a four-time winner and he earned it. Oh, he God, yeah. really drove his butt off today. That day and wasn't um, Unser Senior, Mears, and Foyt all at that race? That's correct. And they all got to watch it. They all got to watch they it. They all better not have gone home or fallen asleep because no, no. AJ Foyt g- <laughs> gave his seal of approval. He said that. Helio really worked hard and earned it, and he's honored to have Helio as part as a part of the uh, the 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 winning four club. Yeah. So, and I'm sure that Rick Mears and Al Unser Senior are, feel the same way. And are we going to talk about really Penske? Oh yes. <laughs> we can't not talk about Penske because you got to love the irony, the Speedway. The Speedway has ghosts. It has a mind of its own. Oh I swear my God. To God. You can't say that place doesn't have ghosts. 65 damn people have died there. This is true. <laughs> There's a lot of ghosts on that property. But there is a committee that says, you know what, Penske, you may own me. You may own the series. But damn it, what you did to Helio was uh, was really wrong and rude. I mean, for what that man did for that organization to dump him like that unceremoniously with, with no fanfare in whatsoever. Yeah, last year he, he lost to, well, 2019... He lost to Takuma Sato by a car length. Yeah. So there's an expiration. There is an expiration date that you can have at Andy. Yeah. With Roger Penske. Roger Penske, yes, he likes wearing championships, but he loves Borg Warner trophies. Did he? How many has he got? 16 of them? 18. 18? Yeah. I I was thought I was shooting. So second at that age, not good enough for Penske. He. He's Helio. Yes, he's under contract. Okay, but they have this shroud of secrecy last year, that year and in last year. They sent him down to sports cars, like they and did with won. Juan Pablo. Juan Pablo is a two-time winner of the Indy Five Hundred. The guy deserves friggin' respect. Yeah, and they sent him. Well, he they sent Juan Pablo down to sports cars when he got old. They sent Helio down to sports cars when he got old, mm-hmm. and no victory lap, no. No going away tour, no nothing. For yeah. the guy that's won you three Indy 500s and countless other races. Tons of other races, some championships. So One what, of the best drivers your organization has ever had, and that's how you do them. They did them dirty. Penske did them dirty. So now he owns IndyCar. He owns the Indy 500. And Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And Indianapolis Motor Speedway, yes, I know. Yeah, he bought all that stuff. <laughs> And Helio comes in with a one-off race team as a teammate, Jack Harvey. Meyer Shank. Meyer Shank Racing. Yeah, Mike Shank, hilarious. If you ever if you want to listen to the guy's story, go to the Dinner with Racers podcast and check that out. He's been on a couple times. Guy is out there. I love the guy. He is great. Yeah. The old man comes in. He, he teaches the whippersnapper something to do. and Something, how to win the race. And thumbs his nose at Penske. Yeah, goes out. That is him. something. He went and you gotta him. love it because the four-time winner of the Indy 500 <laughs> was the underdog. You have to love that. How do you have to love that as an American? Yeah, he did him a favor. The American <laughs> Americans love the underdog, and you know what? Penske and his organization were very gracious about it too. 
He went and visited as him well in they should, and gave him a hug and everything. As well they should with egg on their face. Right. Nice towel to dry off with. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know if I got anything else about the Indy 500. I mean, that was probably the longest post-race I've ever seen at the at, at a race in history, but I don't care. It was great. Nothing that came on afterwards? The race finished so quickly, they had to fill that time, so they didn't. They just let him do what he's... There's nothing more important after that race than filming the ending of it in the Victory Line Celebration. I did look celebration. at I did look at the list of people who... Like, you look at the list of the milk... Um, requests like what they want for milk and victory lane mm-hmm. ton of them wanted whole milk a little bit less wanted two percent milk a, nobody wanted them, skim milk nobody wanted skim milk that's just water i mean it's disgusting it's like water with some dye in it um two people wanted buttermilk i think that was simona de silvestro and uh ed carpenter ed carpenter that's it yeah they wanted say, the milkiest of milk they wanted the nastiest <laughs> cholesterol egg filled <laughs> milk it. you could find and Juan Pablo Montoya wanted chocolate milk. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a man after my own heart. Yes. I want chocolate milk. Awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Who I'm like, I wouldn't be Indy 500 milk? and get fucking chocolate milk. Damn. Oh, Elio got two kinds of milk, by the way, because he got the whole milk like normal. And they gave him, for his sponsor, they gave him strawberry milk because he's got a pink sponsor for auto whatever his sponsor was that's right you get it it's uh brand and I'm like, recognition Damn, that's just as good this brand recognition they they chose pink as a color yeah but he drank brand the regular st- so yeah all he, for it he did the regular stuff no. first and then they gave him the strawberry milk. i'm like take damn, care of them strawberry milk's even better <laughs> oh, double fisting chocolate and strawberry milk right in victory lane I'm, yeah this is amazing i want some now i'm gonna yeah. go get some nestle quick yeah, there you go. And and some buttermilk in between. Make it a Neapolitan. <laughs> buttermilk. Good God. What is it? The 1700s? Mm. Somebody got a churn around here? How about Jeez. some eggnog? Isn't that milk? That shit is gross. <laughs> eggnog is not a drink. Eggnog <laughs> is something you'd find in... How about a white order? Russian? That's what I want for Victory Lane. <laughs> that got milk in it? Yeah. Or is that just Bailey's and like rum or something? No, it's got milk and... I don't know anything and, about these, and, these and girl rum drinks. And rum and vodka and shit. Yeah, these are all girl drinks. I don't know anything about them. It's so. not a fucking girl drink, man. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, We're Sid. not doing very well here. I'm not doing well <laughs> with them. We're not doing well at all. Watch your profanity. We're trying, we've been trying hard the last few weeks, and we're just failing. It's like saying a friggin' Long Island iced tea is a girl drink. A whippy drink. Excuse me. Don't want to be sexist. I mean, Because even, even though I could lift more than you. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't think... I uh, forget it. We're getting off drinks. Okay, by the okay, way... Okay, and we're canceled. Can I but. Can I just remind everybody that this is episode 69 of the Making Laps podcast? Nice. We'll get... Jesse will make nice. his... Jesse will make his joke when we get to episode 71, so... Yeah, that's my joke. That's the best one. <sighs> so, um, now, any more Indy 500 stuff? I don't think I have anything else personally. Uh, nope, I think we're good on the Indy 500. I think we should probably get it to semi-local stuff. We don't really have much local stuff because literally, literally, this weekend, everything canceled. Everything in the whole Northeast canceled. Everything in massive Seekonk ran a thrill show, and they did that rain or shine, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, But thrill shows are great. Go watch them. Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, up New York. Literally everything canceled. Everything in the Northeast region. 
if have it, half of Pennsylvania. The joke I make is if it doesn't rain on my birthday, it doesn't feel like my birthday. Because I think there's only been like five years where it hasn't rained on my birthday. Because right. I was born in a rainstorm. Like it's just every year. This one gave me a little extra because it was like, oh, have four days worth of rain. Oh, okay. That's great. By the way, I think I should mention this before we go into um, whatever other news we have. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, would like to say that, you know, you look a little wet behind the ears. If, if that's it, be, it's because I've been sweating while taking a nap because I'm so old. <laughs> I'm creeping up on 40. Anyway, um, I just wanted to mention this real quick because we need to kind of bring the show down a hair. Uh, MotoGP rider Jason DuPasquire passed away following an accident in qualifying for the uh, Italian Grand Prix for the uh, Moto3 qualifying. Um, he was only 19 years old, uh, which really, really sucks. I've always said it, and I'll always say it. MotoGP and motorcycle riders are the last, last gladiators. They really are. They are the most dangerous forms of motorsports, anything with a motorcycle. And I'm not denying that at all. Uh, but all I see is posts screaming about, you need to make it safer. 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 Listen, okay, look, I'm sure they'll learn something from it and they'll work on it, okay? But every single racer understands the risk when they strap a helmet on. Yeah, Karen is every about one to outlaw of motorcycle racing now. Jesus Christ. They should stay in their own lane is what they should do. Yeah. <laughs> they really should. Take your bike and then go back to bed. Yeah. God almighty. We're not saying racing shouldn't be safe. We're saying that they'll work on it and give them a goddamn break. Let the guy even be in the ground before you start making some f- stupid-ass comment. Mm-hmm. You know? Give him a break. Kid was 19 following his dream. This is what he wanted to do. I read an article. You can't take safety for granted. No, he didn't. He had everything on that's mandated from the FIA. Exactly. they are safety freaks. And you still can't, you know, be... The FIA is one of the most... Control everything. Is one of the most safety conscious organizations or sanctioning bodies for motorsports. Mm -hmm. One of the most. Mm -hmm. So if he died in an FIA sanctioned event, they're going to look at it again. I've seen people like, why would you push your kids being so young into motorsports? Well, because they want to do it. He's over 18. Who yeah. Cares? You know? He's 19 years old. He wanted you to can do, do this. The reason, he wants he, to. the reason people do things, I know this is a very strange concept, but the reason people do things, even dangerous things, is because they want to do things. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jason. I'll just I'll drink my beer for you, brother. Mm. So, uh, Godspeed, Jason DuPasquire. I hope I'm not butchering your name. All right, so um, why don't we go into this? We got a message. There, w- there was a... No, wait a minute. Oh, you we want to go yours first? Why don't we do the local stuff first before we go into... There was local stuff? Yeah, there was. There was Saturday at Las Vegas with the Bud 200. It's not really local. Well, <laughs> to us, it's not very local. It's northeast. Let's stay with it. Let's go with it. Yeah. Let's go with it. Where's my notes? Oh, God. Yeah, the Bud 200 at Oswego <laughs> was it was interesting if you watched it on Flow. I wish I did. They ran 200 laps at it with. Oh, I wrote like one sentence. <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> you go ahead. And I'll tell you, it was uh, you didn't know who was going to win because last couple times the Tyler Thompson and his and the whole team, his teammate, they ran out of fuel and again they ran out of fuel with 10 to go this time, which uh, gave Michael Barnes the lead. 
Man, maybe they should put more fuel in it if they keep or running. Or get a bigger gas. tank. Well, this, this thing is thirsty. It makes horsepower. It was leading. Take a bunch of this fuel cell foam out. Michael Barnes inherited the lead. <laughs> Doug Dodaro was in second. Man, that son of a bitch blew with two to go so bad. Oh, that engine explosion? Woo, that engine, baby. Uh, that's a, that, you'll eventually see this on your Facebook timelines eventually, the Doug Dodaro engine explosion. Ooh, that's the, a biggie. Yeah. It either blew an oil line, which I doubt there's really that much oil line that's going to break. Oh, well, they're big I, blocks, ain't they? Yeah. They I, probably I, got They pro, Do they have, I bet you any money they have dry sump. And you, if you have a dry sump, you could have like 30 quarts of oil on board. Well, yeah, so. I know you have a dry sump, but I'm thinking a rod blew out that son of a bitch because that was a big right fire. underneath the left rear tire, just oil all over it. And he just got the spinning, kicking it up onto the header pipes. Cause a big old fire. Thing looked like a comet sending it. It got hot. It got hot in there. That was an ugly one. That was another one that was just. mm, mm, That was a bad one. He didn't hit too hard, though, which is good. He didn't hit very hard. The fire did go out on its own. It knocked itself down relatively quickly, which is good. All fire does that. Yeah, once it, 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 it self cools the heating element that it's caught fire on, basically. So right. they do kind of burn themselves down a little. Yep. Luckily, but, it was uh, a fuel fire, so that's good. Yep, and Michael Barnes hold, held off Auto Cellular to win his first classic, so that was good for him. Yeah, I saw pictures of the celebration, mm. and boy, you want to talk about something meaningful to that crew. That meant a lot, and you can tell, because this, the Budweiser classic, the 200 at Oswego, is a big, big deal. It's a big I deal. I mean, you, you look at guys like... Uh, Oh, uh, what's his name? Bentley Warren. He won it like eight times, didn't he? Or something yeah, like Bentley that. Yeah, Bentley Warren, yeah. Jim Champagne. Yeah, these are big guys. These I mean, are, yeah. Indy 500 starters. I mean, this is big mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Yep, absolutely. It's a big deal. So, yeah, it's a, it's a cool... I, I'd love to go to Oswego once just to see the place. Oh, yeah, I would you love know? to, too. The Silver Crown Car, uh, Carb Day Classic, Friday, Saturday, they have little weather issues. Where was that, by the way? That was at Indianapolis Raceway Park. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one. All they right. had the mid day of the USAC midgets there. They did had, they do the little 500? That was at Anderson Speedway. Did they do it, though? They did it. Because I saw a video out of that where they were singing happy birthday to Kenny Schrader, which was kind of funny. Yeah. He was like walking away, like, stop it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like 67. Yeah, that years was old. Uh, the day after it. Yeah. I, don't, I can't remember who won. I didn't look it up. Well, we were more interested in the uh, carb day race because uh, Bobby Santos was entered in that. Yeah. Franklin, Massachusetts, Bobby Santos. Yeah, the carryover from the rain delay from the Friday to Saturday. Now, this was a Silver Crown car, right? This The first race was a Silver Crown early in the morning, too, oh, by okay. the way. It was like 9 o'clock in the morning. He got the lead early, got the lead early, led past halfway. A couple yellows didn't really help him much. Cody Swanson came up to him after that and inherited the lead. He just... Flat out got by Just him. Flat out drove by him. Yeah, it stinks. He got really fast at the end of the race. Yeah, stupid fast, and then ended up freaking winning East recently. Dude, the funniest quote in the world. I'm telling you, go for it, dude. I didn't hear it, dude. You didn't hear this thing. No, I this didn't. Was, this was better than the Jay Leno quote that was a repeat Re- of the it Top was a Gear regurgitation quote. of the Top Gear quote. Yeah, yeah. You know the one where sex uh, race car drivers. Oh, all yeah. all men think all men 
think race car driving is a lot like sex. All men think they're good at it. It's a regurgitation yes. of an old Top Gear quote that I made a yeah, meme, he, meme yeah, of. Yeah, he said on that Twitter. in 2009. Yeah, I made a meme of it in like 2010 and put it on Twitter. And yeah, it's probably uh, taken when off he was a star in a regional price car, and then he he said that the other night, and everyone thought it was funny in Britain, and they did in the United States. But same thing. <laughs> this announcer said, the announcer said, dude. The lead was longer than his last relationship. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh, my God. That's harsh. I'm, I'm dead, dude. Time of death, man, was like 1030 in the morning. I, that was I'll pretty good, that man. One. That hurts. That was pretty good. It, it was a big him. lead. Was, and and <laughs> Santos was running really good, but, but Swanson, he was good night, man. Good night. Uh, the midget race, Swanson would dominate that race, too. Santos was finished third there. He ran really well. Uh, Todd Bertrand was was there from Neiman Midgets. Oh, he, he was? Yeah, he took the wing off the midget and everything. Oh, that's cool. Different midget, probably. So, but, he yeah, ran, he was he there. He was running midget. in the top 10. Yeah. He was running around 10th, and then the motor said goodbye. Oh, that sucks. And it blew up. Oh, well. That was too bad. But. Did you watch the Tony Holman Classic at Terre Haute? I did not. Oh, boy. That was a hell of a race. Uh, the story was Brady Bacon. Everybody's seen the clip. They put it on um, Macho Man. They put it on. Brady Bacon. They put it on the uh, opening, like little segments. They, you know how on Fox they do put it out with like all the hosts. Yeah, and that's stuff. that's Fox's. Uh, come on, man. Yeah, that's their come on, man segment yeah, for NASCAR. Come on, man. Well, um, I think Clint Boyer mentioned this. It was Brady Bacon flipping the car out of the track at Terre Haute. That thing started from the inside groove. Yeah, and he flipped about six, seven times and then ended up, he kept going. It was out of the it racetrack. kept bouncing on those. Like, Jesus. Big old bouncy Hoosier rubber. So he gets out of the car. Boing, boing. He was all right. Ugh. He got out of the car, goes to the backup, gets in the B main, came from deep in the B main, transferred through into the A main, starts deep in the A main, and finished on the podium in third. Right, he raced his ass off after flipping that car over. Uh, Chris Windham got the win in that race. Uh, I know he kind of muscled someone out of the way, and they weren't very happy about it. But I mean, it's midget racing. I mean, it's hard to pass quickly, and he was obviously faster yeah. because the guy couldn't catch back up to him. Well, so I do mean, do it to him next time. Even if he made a mistake, I mean, what are you it do? is what it is. But yeah, Chris do it Windham, to him next time, and maybe he won't do it again. But Terre Haute is one of those tracks. It's just a really nice dirt track. The and action it's track. fast. Yeah, it's a fast track. Um, I forget who the NASCAR driver was who got booted for cocaine and broke his neck there, but we won't go. Mm. Oh, that was Shane Meal. Yeah, Shane Meal broke his neck there because he hit cage first into turn three on a qualifying lap. Ken Schrader won a modified race there last year. Dirt mod? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. So before we go into... What is the tour modified race we could go into, right? Yeah, we got to go to the tour mod next. Well, we'll go into a listener question. Yay! We got a listener question. We have a listener. We have a listener. I mean, question, listener question. Yes, a question. Yes. Well, we get these all the time. <coughs> get them all the time. All right. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but, but this is the best one of the week. Yeah. Sure, certainly. Yeah, certainly. yeah it must be. Uh, anyway. Okay. We had a question from someone named Tyler Owen. Thanks, Tyler, for sending it in. I appreciate it. Very good. Nice uh, to meet you. Sent it in. I have on a beer for me. <laughs> You'll have a beer for you, I think. <laughs> I'll have a beer for you. Anyway, he says, all right, 
sent it in on Instagram, says, Hey, I'm a big modified tour, tour type modified fan, and am wondering, what do you guys think about having the tour have a race at New Smyrna and Dover? I think the first tour race of the season would be should be the Richie Evans Memorial they have during Speed Weeks at New Smyrna. Let's just pause right there. Okay. Um, part one. Part one. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to read the whole thing and then forget something. I just want to stop. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Two part question. Okay. Yeah. Well, Fair. Maybe, maybe three parts. I don't know. I'm just kind of. Right. I'm making. I'm making one point at a time. Um, personally, I, I don't think the tour kind of likes making them travel all the way to Florida, even though this is the same modified tour that tried to make them race in Iowa. <laughs> Let's be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Personally, I don't think it's a terrible idea to race down at New Smyrna. A K&N series does it, uh, and they typically run. Yeah, why not? For big money, who yeah, cares? If you put it up, I mean. They did it in Florida, for God's sakes. They raced on the back straightaway at Daytona. Yeah, they did that before. So, so it's not outside the realm of idea or possibility to do that. Um do I think they should race at Dover? No, not at all. I don't think racing at Dover would be a good idea at all. Um, I mean, racing they've... racing at New Hampshire in a tour car is fast enough. Like It's fast enough that they have to put restrictor plates on them in, uh, in, at New Hampshire. New Hampshire's a big flat track, but Dover... No. No, bud, we're doing the podcast, please. Thanks. Anyway, um, so again, I don't think it's great to have modifieds at a really big track based on their makeup and and their power and speed and all that stuff nascar doesn't like any lower divisions being faster than the biggest division i just don't think it's a safe idea to run a modified at dover i think they're way too fast for that track yeah you're gonna have to put a restrictor plate on it and you know how we all know how restrictor plates are yeah restrictor plates suck it doesn't matter what you throw it in i'd rather see them at a big short track than at a big big track because yeah. I just don't think the racing would be that great at like a, a Dover. At Thompson, it's pretty good. I mean, tour mods at Thompson are really tour good. Tour mods at, Mo- at Thompson are phenomenal. Tour mods Absolutely. at Jennerstown, that was good. Yep, that was a good um, race. Yeah, like a big short track. Like um, Jucasa would be a really good Jucasa place. or Richmond. Let's let's say well, Richmond instead. Great. Richmond would be a good race. It's only three oh, quarters yeah. of a mile. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be good. I don't think Iowa would be very good, though. Yeah, nah, maybe. It's like, it could but be. But eh. they, they probably want to put the restrictor play in that, too. Yeah, but I think Richmond, they wouldn't because it's got lower banking and sharper turns because they'd have to slow down more. Yeah. So Richmond would be cool. I'd like to see that. The, but they would still do it because I don't know if the track record would fall. Well, maybe. They just would call it an unofficial track record, yeah. <laughs> knowing NASCAR. They don't like... All right, let's keep faster. on let's keep on rolling Next here. Next part of the question. It says, I think Dover would be great. Have the taller spoiler they used at Bristol in 2019. Honestly, I've seen them race at Bristol. I don't even like them at Bristol. I think mm, they wreck really bad at Bristol, too. I mean, the racing is cool. I mean, it's cool to be at Bristol. It's kind of a car killer, though. With the um, rules package that they have. Yeah, with the rules package that they have. Subtract Dover, or Subtract Bristol, go to Martinsville. I like that better. I like Martinsville. Martinsville is a modified racetrack. Um, it's not that I hate Bristol. Like It's just I'd, I'd rather see them at their f- best possible performance because if you got to start putting tall spoilers on them and restrictor plates and stuff, then it's really going to ruin the racing in my eyes. Yeah. Well, then you might as well put fenders on them and do the old Daytona track that they used to do in the late 70s. That was cool. Yeah, look that Super up. Super Speedway modifies. Uh, it says, I think it would... 
I think it would work having the field only be 25 cars since Bristol failed, quote-unquote, to me because the Southern Tour guys always kept spinning out, forcing the time limit to be reached. And we've noticed that before. Anytime the Northern Modifieds go up against the Southern Modifieds, they get their ass kicked. So um, they just don't want to admit that. Southern guys don't want to admit that the North is better at racing. Um, it, it happens so bad that at Thompson, <laughs> they ripped, the, they ripped the, a race away from friggin' um uh steven massey yeah he was because he won that race we all know it we all know the race we're talking about they the northern people have to apologize and feel bad about being in the north and being good we have to apologize for being good in the north so they gave it to the southern (laughs) boys just to be diplomatic we all know Stephen Massey won that race. Stephen Massey is a wheel man. He says that they yeah time limit was reached and weather played a factor and stuff but he says but what do you guys think about having the tour on bigger tracks since Thompson and New Hampshire are such great races and the modified tour tour types are so expensive that they should be on bigger tracks, not smaller tracks. That's where I kind of disagree. I think they do fine with what they have. I mean, we have tri-track races where they race at Monadnock, 10 grand to win. You know, they race at Lee, 10, or not Lee. um, Did I say Monadnock or? You said Monadnock. I said Monadnock. Okay, but that was right. But I meant to say Seekonk. They race at Seekonk and Monadnock. They both are ten grand to win tri-track races. Um, but they do, yeah, he's got a point. At Thompson and New Hampshire, they are great races. But I think that there is a limit to the entertainment value on bigger tracks. Um, you start putting modifieds out on bigger and bigger tracks, they're just you're just not going to see the amount of entertainment value um, because of the level of grip that they have. Like, you watch them at Bristol... Honestly, it's not the race I'd hoped it would be when they went to Bristol, you know. And when I watch them at New Hampshire, they're very good, but there's a lot of factors at play. Track layout, banking, rules packages. Thompson, same thing. Thompson's a big short track. It's it's a little over a half mile. It's a five-eighths mile track. You got big banking, but it's a lot tighter quarters, so you're going to see a lot more dicey. You're going to see a lot more area or opportunities for conflict like nerfing someone it's a hard track to pass at there's a lot of ways you can get around somebody again the racing is going to differ from track to track if you took the modifieds and you put them on a racetrack like indiana indianapolis raceway park i don't know if you'd get a good race if you took them and put them in richmond it might be a better race if you put them at martinsville i think it's a good race you know what i mean it's always going to come down to what the individual track is going to be laid out as to, and the rules package to to see better racing. Rockingham. Rockingham would be. Oh. It would be interesting. That's going to be interesting because it's so bumpy. It would be interesting, Man, but I just... think that they would destroy their tires. It's going to be another Dover situation where you're going Good. to have the cars are going to be too fast. These, I don't think these cars are really built to be safe at over 150 miles an hour. I mean, you look at how they're built, there's only like two bars in the front clip. I mean, there's the front frame rails, and there's two bars down. You fold that thing in half, you could die. I don't I don't like it. You know how what about, I mean? So I guess Darlington's out of the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, I just don't think you're going to see a lot of increase in entertainment by putting them on bigger tracks. Plus... Um, with these bigger tracks comes a bigger sanctioning fee, I think. So I think you're you're not going to see the bigger purse. You're not going to see the bigger crowds. You're not going to see any sort of 
any sort of real advantage to running these types of races. Plus, Those I type think, of races yeah. would have to be really legislated with the rules package. Yeah, and you have not, to be really, really messed with. A lot of the reason why these races really work is because you get support divisions as well. Like if you go to New Hampshire to watch the modifieds, there are no support divisions. Maybe you'll catch them on the same day as an Xfinity or a truck race, but that's it. Like you're not going to see a street stock modified right. late model. Thing. Well, that's what the tour. Unless what, you go to the Northeast Classic, which is what we went to. But again, it's there was many stocks. There was late models. There was but on super that, late models, and then there was street stocks where they had to where they had to buy tires to compete. Buy tires and and just steal from you. Uh, let's see. But we won't go into that. Another thing. He goes into more. Uh, let's see. One other thing I want to mention is, do you think Thompson should have only 100-lap green-only races with the exception of the Icebreaker 125 and the Thompson 300? Um, to be honest, I think what they got going on is fine, um, especially since this year everything's kind of changed. Uh, they don't have NASCAR anymore, and they don't have NASCAR tour races anymore either. They're doing their own thing. Uh, with open modifieds. Uh, what's the length of the open modified races at Thompson? Uh, 125 laps? 125? I don't know. Yeah, because that's what they usually... They usually did um, 125 or 150. And then they, you know, way back in the day, they did the 300. But the 300 was always special, you know? The 300 always had the atmosphere of being something special. So I don't mind them having a 300. Um Personally, I don't, you know, this is kind of tough because if you're going to have a, a Torb-type race, I don't think green-only laps at 100 laps is a great idea. I think if you're going to have a, a green-only race, it should be, like, shorter, like 50 to 75 laps because you, the shorter the race, the more apt you are for cautions, and you're going to keep that caution level or the lap count down by not having the count cautions. But if you have a 125-lap race, the thing feels like it never ends. If you got a long one that goes, you know, caution to caution to caution, they're just running around under pace the car open, speeds. The open modified races are to be announced as far as what the... They're just going to vary? Yeah. Okay. It's a game time decision as far as laps are concerned. I know they're going to do a 300, though. Uh, no, I think that a tour-type race... Like I said, if you do something like Stafford does with the open 80s, I think if you do green-only laps, that's fine uh, with something shorter than 100 laps. But if you get to 100 laps, no, we're going we're gonna to put cautions in it because to be f completely truthful, I don't stick around for the tour races at Thompson much, if at all, because I just feel like they're way too long. <laughs> or they're just too long for my attention span because I typically race my car and hope that the tour comes out after me because then I can either get through tech or load my car up or both. And then I'm like, okay, good. The tour is out. I can beat the traffic. Mm -hmm. And I just beat it because I just do my own thing. Um, but for other people, I think that, yeah, 100, 125 laps is fine. Yeah, with yeah, 100, 125 green flag laps, it's fine. There's a lot of room at Thompson. Yeah. They can get it done, no problem. Yeah. I think what they got going on now is mm -hmm. fine. I, I don't think you're going to really gain a lot by entering bigger tracks and, and expanding stuff. I think what we got going on is great. 
I think we got to stick to shorter tracks. It's going to save people more money and, um, especially in travel costs. Um, but yeah, it's, and, and other things, but, uh, yeah, I think we got a good thing going and I think we should just kind of let it play out because tour modified racing has taken off huge in the Northeast mm -hmm. and there's definite reasons for it. So, mm -hmm. all right. So that's done. I'll do that. Oh, by the way, um, this weekend at Waterford, we're going to film with Vault Productions the Fast Five event, which is a $3,000 to win SK modified race, I think. Mm -hmm. How long is it? I forgot how laps. Is it 100 laps? I forget. It's. I think it's about 100 laps. But Edit this out. Edit this out. Sid's going to yell at us. But um, <laughs> I don't remember. All I just know is, is that it's sponsored by uh, Ron Bouchard. Uh, auto stores. Auto stores. Yeah. And it's in, yeah. They're, they're going to be five of them. So you're like, oh, three grand to win. Well, yeah, it's an SK race. Who cares how many laps there is? Three grand to win. A I bunch think of cars are going to go laps. left. A bunch of passes is going to happen. And somebody's going to win some serious money. It's so. a good amount. Of, it's t it's double purse, basically, is yeah. what it is for an SK race around here. So I don't care how many laps it is. Just be there. It's It'll gonna be, be fun awesome. to watch. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of cars show up, I think. So. I hope we answered those questions, but that's obviously just all our opinion. Thank you for your questions. Sorry that we couldn't answer it coherently. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler Owen, about but uh, thank you for your, up question. your question. But yeah, did you, you expect anything less from us? No. Anyway, okay, so we'll go into the the tour oh, race. Tour race, yeah. Tour race was interesting. We're fifty-seven uh, minutes in. Holy crap! Even with no local stuff. Anyway, <laughs> we can't shut up. I was telling Jesse before the show, we used to struggle to make an hour. Now we can't stop at an hour. We can't shut the hell up. Uh, all right, so... It's just endless drivel at this point. It is point. endless drivel. We just can't shut up. Jesus Christ. Uh, so they went to Jennerstown for the NASCAR Wayland Modified Tour. The Jennerstown salutes 150, I want to say. Mm -hmm. That was off the top of my head. Yep. Uh Jennerstown's a beautiful track. They used to run the old Bush Series there. They used to run... Did they used to run trucks there? But I know they used to run Probably. the Bush Series there. Beautiful track. Um, yep. I thought it was gone for a long time, but nope, it's been around. Western Pennsylvania racetrack. Uh, towards the end, uh, Justin Bonsignor was in the lead. Had it sewn up. Then the last lap came. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what the hell happened, but he got bad sideways loose coming off too. And that was from no contact. And I'm like, bro, what happened here? I don't know what happened, man. And Doug Kobe was just he all over He was just bored with winning, point. I guess. I don't know. Did he want to make it exciting? Did they come over the radio? Hey, make it a little interesting here. And then, yeah, Kobe was right there to Kobe, almost get it, man. Kobe got to his outside and Bonsignor. Yeah, he almost got it. Bonsignor managed to hold him off. So Justin Bonsignor picked up that win. So... The last little bit of local news before we transition into the cup race is 600. Or the or the uh, truck or the Xfinity race. So what do you want to do now? I don't oh, know. whatever do you got for local news. Yeah, do the last little bit. Uh, let's see. Uh, do we want to talk about... I was going to say, do you have local news? Well, <laughs> Kyle Larson won 20 grand at Atomic Speedway in Ohio in a late model. Dirt late model. I mean, that doesn't surprise me anymore. I mean, water is wet. <laughs> Grass is green. Yeah, when it rains. Except for Kentucky bluegrass, and it's a bluish green. That's fair. Skies are blue, except when it's cloudy, then they're gray. But yeah, Kyle Larson. <laughs> All truths. 
Yeah, these are these are absolutely doesn't matter. Dialism. You've seen the memes. You've seen the memes. It doesn't matter if it's dirt bowl, devil's bowl, toilet bowl, Super speed bowl. bowl, Super Bowl. Kyle Larson by straightaway. So he picked up twenty grand at Atomic in Ohio hey, before the six hundred. That's beer money for the six hundred, and then after the six hundred. Mm-hmm. So we got to talk about the truck race that happened at uh, Charlotte. Oh John, my God! John Hunter Nemechek won that race, but we have a more pressing issue to talk about. Uh, there was a nasty crash. Another viral video. Yep, Ugh. another viral video that you'll see. Yeah. A nasty crash coming out of turn four involving Johnny Sauter and Trey Hutchins. And uh, Drew Dollar. Oh, and, well, Drew Dollar was kind of involved. He got spun out he right was, at it, but he kept going afterwards. Right there. Yeah. It wasn't his he fault. He was there. You know? <laughs> um, we'll walk you through it. Trey Hutchins lost a right front tire coming through three and four. Obviously a low-dollar guy running towards the back. Unfortunately, lost a right front, hits the outside wall. He mm-hmm. kind of slides, and he, you know, his spotter's telling him the right thing. Don't don't come across the track. You know, he's trying to get to pit road, can't get to pit road. Truck grinds to a halt in the outside lane. No All ca- right. Okay. All right. No caution. Nope. Where's the caution? Nothing's happening. So, Drew Dollar is ahead of Johnny Sauter. They're literally nose to tail coming out of four. Dollar sees Hutchins late, yanks his truck left. Um, Sauter thinks that he's loose or something and tries to drive to his outside to get a run on the outside. Well, of him. he can't see also, and he so he can't see. Stupid ass, big ass. There's a wing about yay big that's in front of him. Yeah, and he can't he, see. He can't see nothing. He can't see. His spotter didn't even see because didn't the truck of Trey Hutchins was black. And it was a kind of a dark spot on the track where the lights weren't that great, I guess. I don't know. Yep. But they didn't see him. And uh, Johnny Sauter hits the back of Hutchins' truck. I mean, he swerved left at the very, very last second. and Possibly saving his life. It could have because he probably would have punctured the fuel cell and just drove the engine Ugh. into his own lap if he hit him. It would have been like Eric, what's his face, in the Arker's practice that he got killed when that girl hit him in the door after 10 seconds or 30 seconds of sitting there. Uh-huh. Uh, I forget his name, but don't look up that video. It's really ugly. Um, he got he got gunslemaned. Yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. Um, so Sauter's truck hits the back end. It ripped the entire right side of the truck off in pieces. Right front wheel, right front hub, right front suspension. It took two of the door bars out of the cage. It pulled the rear hub off. It pulled the rear end out of the truck. It mm. yanked the rear tailpiece off. It took the entire body off the right side. I mean, it yanked every single part and piece off the side of that truck. Mm. Destroyed. It that turned truck. that whole right side inside out. Oh, it was a God. soda can under a tank. It oh, ripped it gosh. apart. And I mean, Johnny Sauter is a douchebag. I you know hate what? Johnny Sauter, but God damn it. That's I'm, just I'm not glad supposed he's alive. To, it's not supposed to happen. I'm glad he's alive. Yeah. God and almighty. The most telling that thing was awful. here. Yeah, that was awful. So NASCAR's explanation for why they didn't throw the yellow was because they were busy looking for oil because at that very moment, uh, the 88 truck of Matt Crafton had been, I don't know if he was blowing up or leaking, but he was smoking heavily coming down pit road when that accident happened. But my question is, where the hell was... Any spotter to see the Trey Hutchins truck. I mean, if you have a truck that hits the wall, not only hits the wall, but grinds along the wall all the way down three and four, how do you not see him? Nobody saw him. 
how is that? If that was a cup race, that caution would have been out the second he hit the wall. You know? How do you miss that? And then even furthermore... The officials missed it. The spotters missed it. Everybody missed it. It was a perfect storm. Again, the worst part of it, though, the worst part, Johnny Sauter crashed that hard, came to rest, and I saw a little bit of fire under his truck. It took, and I think it was timed by uh, Scott Tapley. He actually timed it with a stopwatch. One minute and 47 seconds from wreck until a safety truck made it to Johnny Sauter's window. And they're not even racing to the line. Where were you guys? It's like the Three Stooges running the freaking safety crew. I know guys have been complaining about the safety crew lately, and I've been saying, oh, it's not that bad. Well, guess what? I'm now saying it's that bad. It's not good. You know, that is not good. A minute and 47 seconds for a guy in a damn peeled tin can who hit that hard. His window net didn't come down for like a minute. He was probably trying to put his butthole back inside of him. I think he had a pink sock. It probably knocked his butthole out. I I, I, I wouldn't I would believe that. Anybody who's wrecked really hard knows like what that? it's like. <laughs> yeah. They he had a he had a pink sock. And he turned himself inside out and he's probably just like uh just put it back in. Just put it back in. Put it back in. It won't go in. It won't go in. What is yeah. that? That's awful. I can't believe that. Like that that's awful. in it's unacceptable. How do you number one not see a truck dead on the racetrack on the front stretch? Number two, Oof. how does it take you nearly two minutes to get a safety truck to a truck that just went through that kind of an accident? Boo, Meg, boo. Producer has entered the studio. I have. Hi, Meg. Hello. Hi. Right. We're actually kind of getting through this thing. I did so long. <laughs> That's harsh. It's not what her customers said today. Uh, anyway, I don't know what? that. What? That came out so bad. That was actually really bad, and I apologize for that. Yeah, wow. She works in antiques, folks. Not what? What? Not what you think. Mother trucker, dude. <laughs> I'm sleeping on the couch. Uh, so let's move on into the Xfinity race, uh, which I don't really want to. We don't have to because... Uh, here, I'll just give you the rundown. Ty Gibbs spins out Chase Briscoe and wins the Xfinity race at Charlotte. Let's give a shout out to Brandon Brown. Gutsy call, came and got tires late, finished P4 with a little team. That was really cool. That was good. Other than that, kindergartner won the race and I don't really care. No, you know what? I just am not going to give that kid any credit whatsoever because, um, the kid, he came out... And he's like, oh, I didn't really mean to spin him out. I didn't mean to do it. I didn't mean to do it. You drove your race car up to his left rear and then parked it there until the air came off of it. You knew what you were doing. Every single idiot watching racing knows that if you park your car at the left rear of someone's car, you're going to take the air off the spoiler and knock them he's sideways. He's had the best training. Or he's spin had them the out. best tutoring. He's, they've, ha- they've tutored him, trained him, got him into racing honed his skills since the age of a toddler. So it's okay? a fetus. Since he was a fetus. Okay. No. So everybody I don't knows hear that happens. 
that oh he he it doesn't it doesn't matter if he's got the best equipment it still takes a wheelman no no it does take no the best it, equipment. it 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 does take the best equipment but he's also had the best teaching he's had the best guidance okay he's had racing coaches acting coaches dancing lessons he was the best piece of ass that I've ever seen that I've had them all sorry what wrong movie yeah, what movie was that? He from? made me look ridiculous. Was that the Godfather? And I'm not a man to be made to look ridiculous. Was that the Godfather? Yes, it was the Godfather. That's what I thought. But yeah, he's yeah, she he's had a lot of lessons. Okay, driving he's had a lot here's, of lessons. Here's what I'm gonna put out to the audience: driving up to someone's left rear and not touching them, but taking the air off their spoiler is the same thing as knocking someone and turning them around. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, you drivers... know exactly what you're doing. You're putting your car in a position to knock someone sideways. Whether you make contact or not is irrelevant now. It is irrelevant now because you know what's going to happen. And if you know what's going to happen, then you're an asshole. <laughs> so Drivers can be is. taught. It's not all just born with it. You know, yeah. it, it, Drivers can be taught, he did especially it with money, especially with tutoring. Got, and, so it doesn't really matter. So And... It's if just, you watched the lap before, he did it two other times, hoping that for that same result. Exactly. So moving on was, to the cup race. Because he was <laughs> taught like that. So don't give me that baloney. I'm, I'm done with it. Nope. Anyway. I'm done with to it. To the cup race. Anyway, Kyle. To the cup right. race we go. So Coke 600, which was Pretty kind awesome. of boring. Well, you know no. what? It was awesome in the same way the Indy 500 was awesome, as in you were watching a piece of history happen. It was fun. But I, I'm lost on the Coke 600 now. I'm, I'm out on it because stage racing. And stage PJ racing sta- and PJ1. Stage racing, though, more than that for me because you took a race where you could have any number of different strategies for pit stops and other gambling items, and you could take, like, a David Rudiman or a Casey Mears and win this race, you know? You could win it. And I almost said Jamie McMurray, but he won the October race, so um, which was held at night, too. Well. Um, but you, with stage racing, they've broken the race up into equal 100-lap segments. So guess what's going to happen? Everybody's going to make pit stops at exactly the same time. Now there's no strategy whatsoever. It's boring. That's right. And you know what that does? It helps the big teams out because the big teams can run flat out, go as fast as they can. They know what their pit strategy is going to be. And no thank you to those pesky little teams. Yeah, and they can afford the fastest pit crews. Uh, Nope. You can afford the fastest pit crews. You can pump as much fuel into the engine as you can. You can run as hard as you can on the tires and not save them for later. doesn't matter. It yep. helps the big teams out with stage racing, helps the bigger teams out. Yeah. You don't have a strategy helps little teams. No little strategy, teams. NASCAR, strategy, no. Strategy, luck, and gambling is what this race used to be about. And that's what little teams needed to win. It is an endurance race. NASCAR is built on an endurance race. Yeah, you're always was an endurance race. Look at the Southern 500s back in the 1950s. Guys, 50, 60 cars would come race. Everybody's like, oh, well, racing used to suck back then. Ned Jarrett won by 14 laps. Who gives a shit? Um, the thing was, the we're not talking about the quality of racing. We're talking about it being an endurance event. It's an endurance event. 
Yeah, you want to talk about domination? Ned Jarrett, yeah, he won fourteen by 14 laps, but you know what? He only led 61 laps. Not yeah. Southern 500. Yeah, the other guy, I uh, forget his name. He his was, name was Daryl Derringer. Yeah, Daryl Derringer. What a name. He mm. lost a right rear hub. It was on fire. Yeah, he dominated most yeah, he of that race. He killed that race. So you have from then until Ned Jarrett gets 14 laps ahead to know who's going to win the race. Yeah. So but, we, Kyle Larson was finally able to get that monkey off his back about finishing, second, second, yeah, second. finishing a race that he dominated. Mm-hmm. With a win, at least, because he dominated this race. Uh, I forget. We're how talking many, domination. I forget how many laps he Ugh. led because I didn't write it down because I'm an idiot. Oh, he led 327 of the 400 laps. 327. That's that's over 490 miles. Jeff, it, no, it's it, not. It's over 400. Oh, it's 490. Okay, you're right. It's close to yeah. It's about 490 miles because the old record before Martin Truex absolutely destroyed it. That, that stood since 1967 for most mileage led in a race or mm-hmm. was Jim Pascal, 1967. He led 335 laps. Driving which, for Petty. Yep, which was 502 miles. Yeah. The reason that record stood was because the only way you could ever beat that record on the NASCAR schedule was to do it in the Coke 600. Yeah, there's, there's only one race. There was a one-off race or whatever in Michigan a long time it ago. It didn't happen Blah, 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 long. blah, blah. But <laughs> this is all reference into the Slap Shoes video that came out about a week ago or so. It's a fantastic video. It, it's a good watch. You have to watch it. We're talking about a level of domination through a long race as yeah. far as number of miles is concerned. Everyone knows about Jeff Burton winning the race in New Hampshire, winning all 300 laps or 300 miles. Yeah, he led every single lap when they had the restrictor plates on in 2002. And that was a great feat as far as historical is concerned. Take nothing away from him. But uh, the biggest one was that's ever been sent in the modern era was Martin Truex in 2016. Yeah, watching that race, you know, it, it almost wasn't... How many laps did he lead in that race? 492? 392 out of 400 yeah, three, for well, a staggering... Me, 392, I'm, I'm drunk. He led me. every lap but eight in a 600-mile race. He led 588 miles in one race. That's staggering. That's ridiculous. Isn't that staggering? That it might have been boring staggering. to watch because he kicked everyone's ass that day, and Cole Pern's a goddamn genius. Um, but the, the history that comes out of that, you'll never see somebody do that again. That's akin to leading every single lap in the Coke 600. That's ridiculous That's amounts. That's pretty much what you'd have to do with Kyle Larson. I, I mean, mean, what Kyle I mean Larson he put in a yeoman's effort ridiculous. into doing that. To lead, That's scary. For Kyle Larson to lead almost 490-ish miles in a race, that's a lot. That's a huge that's a feat. big number, and I'll tell you what, it's scary for many, many reasons. Oh, number, especially that, yeah. Number one, besides that, besides how dominating he was, the second most dominating feature was his other three teammates that finished... Second, fourth, and fifth. Yeah, and Hendrick, they were there all day. Yeah, they were all there all day. And Hendrick, interesting stat, has finished one two in the last three races. Mm-hmm. One two. What did we say about in the last podcast? 
Hendrix with, got their shit together. With everything that's how they share information. Oh, yeah. new With their new uh, general manager. Oh, wait. Competition director. I'm sorry. Chad Knauss. Yeah. He is absolutely cracking the whip there. And they are sharing every piece of information. And guess what? Every it's... single team is benefiting from it. Stuart Haas could learn a lot from this. Yeah, just saying. No, Stuart Haas <laughs> just saying. Got, Stuart Haas has got personnel problems in the driving position for that number one. Well, they number used to one, be really good, they have no, two not. almost sort of rookies. Cole Custer's in his second year, but he's kind of a legacy because his father is the competition director for the Formula One team. I thought so, that was Chase or Austin Sindrick. No, that's, no, that's, that's Penske. No, sorry, no. that's Penske. Cole Custer's dad is the lead in in the uh, yeah Formula I forget who the team. hell he is I'm sorry so he kind of has to be there he's kind of had to be groomed up into there Chase Briscoe yeah he's a good shoe but he's a rookie uh, Eric Amarola he's he's a uh, uh, what do you call that a, a good middleman a diversity hire hmm. he's a diversity hire because he's Cuban immigrant descendant. Blah blah blah, and it's good for the Democrats and whatnot. But you know, he's been neither here or there as far as his shoes concerned. And then they have Kevin Harvick, who's the only real bright spot on the team. And he's old, but he's old, right? So yeah, they got to do something to get so, that together. Yeah, they're, but... you know, I said what I said. I don't really care. <laughs> so... it's, it's the truth. So what, Karen? Shut up. So anyway. That's just a killer feat, and I mean, just to watch Hendrick Motorsports now, and people are saying, "Oh, are they peaking too early." No, I think they're just going to get better. I think that Dude, they're just going to get there's better. There's no such thing as peaking too early. Yeah, you want to peak every single time, every single race. Yeah. I he mean, wants to plateau is what he wants to do. They're just going to plateau or just keep getting better because they just keep data sharing. I mean, this might be worse for everyone else. It's going to be awful because the next race is going to be like, okay, can I have your attention, please? Can I have your attention in the garage area? Yes, I would like all the Hendrick Motorsports cars. I would like the 5, the 24, the 88. I mean, I'm sorry, the 48 and the 9. Uh, I'd like to go have all those cars report to the R&D department immediately, please. That'd be the, like the only four or five cars that ever report. <laughs> the only ones fun. they take. Yeah, the only ones that they take in a weekend is going to be because By NASCAR way, right now, NASCAR is in DEFCON 1. They are code red. They hate this. They want every single race to be like Talladega or Dal or Daytona. And I hate Why? that. Why? Because look at the downforce package number one. They want everything to be like them because they're the highest rated racings. The DARFs mm -hmm. rule, and the DARFs want every race to be flat or footed around the track with with uh, Talladega Rex. Yeah, they want as much close quarters racing as possible, and they think that they can just manufacture that and make it good, and it's just not that possible. Yeah, tell me about the PJ1, Brent. It's terrible. Uh, Don't even use it. Just You might as well they leave, did it, it, leave again. it at a drag strip, okay? that's The only place it just belongs that is a drag strip. Leave they it, did it there. Again. And, yeah, the bottom was only good when the tires were brand new for, like, five laps. Mm -hmm. Other than that, guess what? Same thing as it was before. The, the the groove that the PJ one is in is a single it's a single groove racetrack. We also doesn't matter. We also kind of forgot the fact that this win put Hendrick Motorsports to number one, breaking a tie with Richard Petty Motorsports for the winningest car owner in NASCAR. And 
it's just fitting that it happened with the five car because the five car got him the first win. Well, it was the first one, 1984. Jeff Bodine. Rick Hendrick was just about ready to fold the team. Blah blah blah. It blah, was the last team. The, the last the last race. They go, oh hey, Mister H, I won. Oh, you did? No shit. Okay, oh, we'll keep the doors open. Oh, we'll keep the doors open. Okay. Very so, good. Watch your profanity. Okay. I, I don't have anything more for that. I think the next race they're going to is this weekend. It's going to be at Sonoma, which uh, California sucks. Uh, I'm surprised they're even going there because apparently every single person there has died of COVID, which is what the government would like you to think. So they, they're lagging so far behind in nonsense out in California. Uh, but I do want to add this one little segment in before we close out. Now, producer, wife, got me this picture, which the YouTube crowd can see. Mm-hmm. But no one else. This picture here is from probably the 50s, early 60s. I don't even know. But it's from Riverside Park Speedway. And the best name in motorsports history, Giacomo Majacomo. And Jesse, being the historian that he is that he doesn't want to admit, said, hey, I recognize that name. Isn't that the same name of the guy who destroyed or ended... Uh, Bobby Allison's career, and, and in some way, yes, it some way is, because I believe it was his son, Chauncey T, or Jocko Majacomo, who he shared a nickname with, and probably a regular name as well. So, there's your little bit of information. Yeah, um, I had no idea that this guy even raced, because he raced back in the late 70s, early 80s, to mid-pack and, and really garbage finishes, but he did a lot of road racing stuff, uh, Jocko's son there and yeah he was the car that t-boned bobby allison at pocono in 1988 during the miller light 500 um or miller high life i'm sorry it was the miller high life hybrid uh high life is way better than miller light by the way to the beer drinkers anyway uh, <laughs> no anyway i was reading the uh brock beard article on it which is it's got so much interesting info um just from the, the the really weird and random stuff that they have, or that that guy can find. You I know. have to pee. I'll be right back. And he did um, Trans Am racing, road racing. This is Jocko's kid we're talking about. But uh, I guess he did really well in Trans Am. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to read the backstory on a lot of these uh, guys from the area. Not from Connecticut, but maybe the local short tracks of other, well, especially foregone ones that are, you know. I've I've always been fascinated with stuff like from the park and stuff, but I've never I never got a chance to go there. So anyway, um, I don't think I have anything else. And Jesse's in the bathroom, so I'm just kind of killing time right now. Sid, you want to jump on at all and talk about the uh, filming next week or the uh, event that we're going to be going to at Waterford, the Fast Five, I believe it's called. Damn good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, but Fast Five. Now, how many laps is that feature? We were we were looking for it earlier, and we forgot how much it is. Yeah, this one's fifty. Oh, it's fifty. I don't know laps. the exact. Yeah, I don't know how they. Uh, two two of them are fifty. Two of them are seventy-five, and one's a hundred lapper. But I don't know the order. But I do know this first one is fifty laps. So it's going to be fifty laps. It's going to be three grand to win. I think that's right. Yep. That's pretty good, actually. I thought it was a hundred laps, but fifty laps for three grand to win is actually really good. That's double purse for sure. not even a double feature. 
It's less than I a double the, feature. The hundred lapper, I'm pretty sure, is uh, I think that's seven grand to win. Oh geez, that's actually yeah. pretty good. Yeah, the uh, the overall, I think they've raised like a hundred grand or something between the five events. You know, total purse money. So yeah, it's pretty decent. They should get some good cars, man. We should get some star power there for the cameras, for sure. Yeah, that's being put together by the the racing guys, and I think that's a bunch of uh, old promoters and stuff. And uh, I forget a lot of the names that are actually put up well, with that. Uh, Dick, yeah, Dick Williams and uh, Jim Schaefer, the guys that you know, the original guys that started the tri track race. Oh, they, those are big they, names right there. So yeah, there's yeah. there's a reason why they're getting that money and that kind of a right. of a crowd, I guess, put together. So yeah, that's they're yeah they're pretty formidable uh, promoters. So. Yeah, that's going to be a good show. I think we're going to see a lot of good names out there. So, yeah, I agree. I'm psyched, man. We got we got a great uh, group of sponsors. The support for us to do Sid's View down there is off the charts. So we got a bunch of sponsors. We got, uh, you know, we're gonna have tons of cameras. We'll do the green screen stuff. We'll, have, you know, you'll be in turn four. We'll have plenty of coverage. It'll be good. Now we just need a great race. We were we were lucky last year. We had an awesome race with Timmy and uh, Keith. We just need something like that again. Awesome. So, yeah, I guess that's it for this show, huh, Jess? What do you think? I'll do it. All right, producer and producer Jr. are in here to close this one out. Keep producing. Not yet, boy. It's too early. We haven't even. Not yet, boy. Jeez, he jumped the gun on me. Uh, You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast, YouTube.com slash Sid's View. You can find me on Instagram and and Twitter at BrentGleason01. Oh, by the way, if you want to send us an email, uh, you can send that to makinglapspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to find Phil, he's in an alligator stomach. Uh, if you want to find he's Jess, turned into poop. Probably. If you want to, f- <laughs> oh, um, I don't know if J- we don't. We didn't talk about any F one stuff today, so Jesse didn't die. Nah. So. So you know what? So what? <laughs> I'm not gonna die. <laughs> so nah. J- Jesse, you got your social media platforms up? I'll just have to hand it to you this time. I'll just read them. He's playing with the boy. So I got Jesse at gab.com slash taste me, you will see. Oh, God, I don't even want to go there. Um, Facebook.com slash more is all you need. Twitter.com slash you're dedicated to. Uh, Snapchat.com slash how I'm killing you. Oh, damn it. This is a song lyric, isn't it? Oh, I thought he was going to play something, but I guess not. These are just really strange to me. I don't know what the hell he's going on here. Oh, I get it. Right. Boy. So if you didn't catch that, stay, keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you all for listening. Hey, there was a good one. I don't know what Jesse's doing, but this thing fell off the rails real quick at the end here. <laughs> There's children in the room. God's sake. <laughs> When's this gonna end? <laughs> Someone help me. Never! <laughs>